Let's get back to Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. This is a true pleasure for me. I get to talk to the gentleman I watched play with the Utah Jazz when I was younger. He also played for the Pistons, the Mavericks, the Bucks, and he played at one of my favorite colleges, Notre Dame. Basketball Hall of Famer Adrian Dantley. How are you doing, Adrian? Doing just fine. Adrian, I see you went to DeMather Catholic High School in Maryland, and then you went to Notre Dame. Was it? How did you end up in Notre Dame? Was Digger Phelps recruiting you? Well, uh, when I was at DeMather High School, we had a, a Washington group that had some success at Notre Dame. Austin Carr, great player. Bob Whitmore, Sid Catholic, College Jones. They were from the Washington area. And Digger recruited me, and, and at that time, uh, they had a couple positions open. I thought it was a good spot for me, and uh, that's how I chose Notre Dame. There was a real good pipeline Digger had there. I mean, Austin Carr, he could really light it up in college. Yeah, Austin Carr is one of the greatest college players ever played, but Digger didn't recruit him. That was on the, um, Digger wasn't there at that time. and uh, But uh, he used them to you know, recruit certain players out of the D.C. area. What was it like in Notre Dame back in the early 70s? <laughs> it, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't, uh, it, it was, you know, great school for me. I mean, I stayed, everything I did, I stayed on campus. And uh, it wasn't a female, you know, population like it was, you know, later on at the beginning. But uh, it's a great school. Because for a while there was uh, all boys, and then when co-ed, what, in the late 60s, early 70s? I, I was coy when I was there. It was it was coy when I was there, so uh, it wasn't a problem anyway. But I wasn't going to school for that anyway. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was coy when I uh, attended Notre Dame. With Notre Dame, everybody thinks it is a football school, but they've had some great basketball players over the years. Yes, yeah, it is a football school, but uh, you know you can have both programs. There's probably more pressure on your football than your basketball, but. Uh, we knew that it was a football school, even though we had great teams there. Everybody thinks about that game against UCLA when you broke their winning streak. Did you think you guys had a chance in that game? Uh, we believed we could win the game. You know, Digger prepared us real well. Uh, we would always, after every practice, we would practice cutting down the nets. And uh, uh, some good things happened to us. We didn't quit. We came through at the end. And uh, I think Dwight Clay hit a big jump shot in the corner. And we went. Only mistake that I always tell uh, the the PR guy that we shouldn't have played UCLA the following week because we was only ranked number one for one week. <laughs> <laughs> Who was guarding you in that game? Was Jamal Wilkes on you? Oh, I think probably it was Dave Myers that was defending me. You know, during that period there. Yeah. How did what did Digger tell you during that game? I mean, to keep you guys focused. Well, he just talked about you know he had a game plan and. Uh, we executed. Uh, we attacked their press, and uh, we just played smart basketball. Then after Notre Dame, you get drafted by the Buffalo Braves, and then you ended up winning the Rookie of the Year. But then Buffalo goes and trades you to Indiana, and then you end up with the Lakers. I mean, did you kind of the first couple of years in the league think, you know what, I just like to find one team and kind of show my skills with them? Well, what happened to me was when I got drafted by Buffalo Braves, we had two owners, John Y. Brown and Mr. Snyder. John Y. Brown wanted all ABA players on his team, so he traded me for ABA players. That's how I got to Indiana. As soon as I got to Indiana, Slick Leonard told me, don't don't buy a house because you're not going to be here long. 
So I ended up getting traded 18 games uh, to the Lakers. Played with the Lakers two and a half years. We didn't have success. And we started two small forwards, Jamal Wilkes and myself. So they parted away from me. They traded me for Spencer Haywood because they felt they needed a bigger lineup. And uh, that's how I got to Utah. Utah had some some stability there. I was there eight eight years. Worked out pretty good. Then I ended up getting traded to Utah, Detroit, Detroit to Dallas with for the, various reasons. With the Lakers, though, that was kind of their transition period from the early 70s with Jerry West and Goodrich to the Magic Johnson Kareem era. Well, I was in between the Magic Johnson. I was there three years before Magic Johnson. I got traded with Magic in, in Magic's rookie year. Cause so I never played with Magic, but I played with Kareem for three years. What was Kareem like then? It was okay with me, you know. Uh, everybody have a, you know, I don't know what they think, but it, I got along with him real well. And then you go to the Jazz, I mean, and that was a totally different style of basketball because Frank Layden basically had an open style there. I mean, you had some talented players in those teams. Yeah, we had some great, we had some good players. We won the division once. We had, you know, Bernard King was there for a while. John Drew was there for a while. Daryl Griffin. Uh, you know, so we, we, we had some good teams. Ricky Green played in the Big Ten, you know, and Bonham at Michigan. So, uh, you know, we, we had some good players. What was Frank Layden like to play for? Uh, he was okay. He was very, uh, you know, he gave the players a lot of confidence. And uh, he was he didn't put pressure on you. And uh, he was a good coach. You guys could light up. Like you said, Ricky Green was one of the fastest guys in the NBA. You had Mark yeah, Eaton yeah. as your center. Right. You had Dr. Duncan Stein and Daryl Griffith, who can just basically score from wherever, anywhere on the court. And same thing with you. Yeah, I think one of the key was, you know, was Mark Eaton. He was a good, you know, he was 7'4", so like they say, height never hurts. But uh, uh, we, we, we ran up and down the court. We, we ran some half court offense when we want to, but Coach, uh, but Frank, he wanted to definitely want a, a, a fast style. Yeah, Denver and you could put up some points in the games. Yeah, whenever we played Utah, we always, I mean, whenever we played Denver, we did have big scoring, larger. I think my best, my my biggest career average is against Denver. How many points was that? I think it's close to 40, 40 points a game, I think I average on them. When you were playing, who gave you the hardest uh, time on defense? Uh, Kevin McHale. What made him so tough? Long, pretty versatile. I mean, I was a score, but I had to work hard. <laughs> That's what I tell people. What was your favorite game in the NBA? Oh, I don't know. I, had some, I, I, I don't remember what favorite game I had in the NBA, but... Uh, uh, I don't know. I know when we played when I played against the Lakers the first time I got fifty, but I was we lost the game. But uh, I can't really think of my most favorable game in the NBA. But you were in the NBA during you saw the eras: the pre-Magic era, the Magic era, and then the Michael Jordan era. How did basketball change during that time? Well, I think uh, Bird Magic. Mm-hmm. The league wasn't, I suppose it wasn't doing that well. We, we would have good crowds, but then Michael Jordan came in. That 
seemed to take off a little bit, you know, especially when I went to Detroit. But, uh, you know, just had good players, you know. When you went to Detroit, you had a great coach in Chuck Daly up there. Yeah, Chuck Daly was a good coach, Hall of Famer coach, and uh, having to be there for three and a half years, they had good teams. <clears throat> a couple of years we went to the championship. We won the championship when I wasn't there, when I got traded to Dallas. But uh, we had some good, great players out there, Joe Dumas, Lambie, Vinnie Johnson, Dennis Robbins, Sally was coming off the bench when I was starting there. So we had a good team. You had Dennis Rodman before he had all the tattoos and had that whole aura about him. He was kind of a quiet guy then, wasn't he? Yeah, he was quiet then, but he made up for a lost time. <laughs> People say all the time that Madonna's the one who got him going. Basically, Madonna showed him how to market himself. Yeah, well, she did. She did a good. He did a good job. <laughs> and that Detroit backcourt was tough, though. I mean, they weren't big, Isaiah and Dumars, but those guys could get it done. Oh, yeah. They were two of the most talented guards in the league and uh yeah. Whenever they played well we had a lot of success. I never got why they traded you for Mark Aguirre. I mean you were a better scorer than Aguirre at that point in his career because Aguirre kinda seemed overweight and he was only averaging about fifteen points a game whereas you could still light it up. Well, you don't know the story about now. You I got traded because me and Isaiah didn't get along. That's the bottom line. Cut the story short. Isaiah, Isaiah got me traded for his best friend, Mark Aguirre, so that's what happened. But what was Isaiah? Isaiah didn't think that he could share the spotlight with you, or what was the reason? Yeah, or just he, Aguirre? He, he, he didn't like me, so he made the decisions, and I got traded. So that was the first bad decision he made, other than with the CBA, with the Knicks, with the Pacers. He hasn't made a good decision since. Well... We won't go. I don't know about them, but I know why I got traded. You know. When you went down to Dallas, is Mattis still there, or was there a different coach? Jack McLeod, John McLeod was there. Okay, yeah. and but you, I mean, you had the end of the Mata players though, because you had what Derek Harper down there. Uh, yeah, we had we had a lot of it was a lot of a lot of stuff, still a lot of turmoil going on. He had Harper there; he was on drugs, you know. In and out the uh, substance abuse, you know, and you know, and Rolando, and they had a good team. We just didn't, just couldn't get it together. I mean, it was tough because they had the same problem you guys had with Utah. You were going against those Lakers teams every year, and those Lakers teams were stacked. Yeah, but the the, the spirit and everything wasn't good when I got there with with, with with Dallas. How hard is it to coach in the NBA? I mean, with all that talent, do you have to have a special mindset? Or does it basically just let the players play? Well, you, it depends on the team. The coach got to go along with the players. You know, it's a, it's a mind game. It's a salesman game. Because if you don't, if you don't get the, I mean, look at uh, Avery, Avery Johnson. He shouldn't get fired. You know, it's, there's a whole lot of different reasons why you know coach might get fired. But you just got to try to uh, know your players. Don't try to tick them off. <laughs> and and then. Get get the job done. Who was your favorite coach to play for? Well, I got along real well with uh, Tom Nasalki. I got along real well with. I got pretty much all along got along real well with all my coaches. But uh, Nasalki, when I was at Utah, he was there my first three years. He coached me. Got along real well with him. Got along with Frank Layton until 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 I held out, and then that was the end of that. But. Uh, Coaches really didn't bother me. I didn't really, I didn't really need Ra Ra or 
coach tell me what to do because I was self-motivated. When you went into the Hall of Fame, was that a what was going through your mind? Uh, what was going I, what was going through my mind? I think hey, yeah, I really made it. This is the you know top of the line. Uh, this is one of the goals I accomplished when I started playing basketball, and uh, it's a pretty good feeling to be up there among all the other great players that ever played the game. When did you realize in your career that you had a chance to go in the hall? Uh, I thought maybe around my eighth year, if I kept playing the way I've been playing, you know, I, 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 would, have, I would have a shot to get into the Hall of Fame. Was there a player that you modeled yourself after uh, when you were growing up? Yes, Elgin Bell was my player I idolized. I'll tell you what, one thing about Elgin, though. He changed the way basketball was played because up until he played, it was pretty much set shots. He came in. He was Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. I mean, he could dunk, glide. He could do it that, all. That's right. But the only thing about it is you got the younger generation. They don't know too much about the older generation. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. We talked to Elgin a couple of weeks ago. My co-host, Elliot, and I, Elliot's not here today. Elgin was saying that if he had blew out his knee, his numbers would have been throughout, through the roof because he blew out his knees third, fourth year in the league. And he lost a lot of his explosiveness. Yeah. But, I mean, it was, he said it was tough, though, because they were going to those Celtics teams, and they had Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer back in the 60s and early 70s. Yep. Did you ever, yep. Did you ever think to yourself, I would have loved to play one-on-one with Elgin? I always thought about it. I always try to imitate some of his moves, you know, because I knew about him. When I was growing up, everybody would always talk about Elgin Bell. He's, well, they used to call him Rabbit. Elgin Bell. So I know I know his history, yeah. He said he was never recruited uh, out of high school by the big schools. That's how he ended up at Idaho, because one of his uh, teammates was going to Idaho. Yeah. Well, he had a grade to get in there? He got in Idaho, and then he transferred to Seattle, and then he ended up going to Minneapolis with the Lakers. He had a great career. And then you played, I see, in the 76 Olympics in Montreal. Great team. Coach Steve Smith did a great job. We had some good players. And uh, even though we won the gold medal, we wanted to play against Russia, we ended up playing Czechoslovakia because they had beat Russia. Yeah, because Russia had the players back then besides the U.S. I didn't hear you. What did you say? Yeah, Russia had the dominant players besides the U.S. at the oh, time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they lost that year to, to Czechoslovakia that year. So I, then you went on coach for eight seasons with the Nuggets. What was that right. like? Great experience. Know the game. And, uh, and I enjoyed it. Is there that much of a home court advantage when you play for the Nuggets because of altitude, altitude? Oh, yeah, definitely. You get teams coming in there from California, playing at altitude. It'll definitely get to them. you got to play smart. You try to run up and down with them, you know, might have some problems. What I don't understand is Denver, with Doug Moe, used to put up huge numbers in the early 80s. It doesn't seem like they do that as much anymore. They try to be more defensive-oriented. Uh, they're the present team, yeah, they score. They, they score. They do play. They also play good defense. They play good defense. They had a good game last night against Chicago. I watched it play good defense. 
Yeah, Chicago won on that, uh, or Chicago lost on that tip-in by Noah. They said it was uh, offensive basket interference, but they didn't call it on uh, Denver earlier in the game at the one-minute mark. Yeah. What do you think about those replays? you think we need them or get rid of them? Uh, I think you need them. I think it helps the referees. So we're going to see you coaching again in the NBA? Hopefully if I get a call. <laughs> How would you like to coach the Heat team? Geese, I'm not. Late. I don't really like college. I don't. I like college, but I don't like recruiting players. I don't. I don't really particularly care for that. What about the Miami Heat? Would you want to coach uh, LeBron and Wade and Bosh? Yeah, if I had an opportunity, it'd be nice. But you know, they because you, know, you, you, you got great players that you know that wants to compete. So any level wouldn't, wouldn't matter to me. Okay, another Sports and Torts is in the books or wherever they place these things, available on podcast on TogZone.com. I would like to thank our guests, Ferguson Jenkins and Adrian Dantley, and I most of all would like to thank our executive producer, Dave Olson. Tune in again next week for Sports and Torts on TogZone.com. TogZone.com.